I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 313 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week. And I've got a really great topic for you, a really great coaching episode that I think you're going to love and I think many will relate to. Before we get there, if you haven't left a quick rating or review on whatever platform you are listening to, I would so greatly appreciate you taking a few moments to do that. It literally is a few seconds, just tapping some stars or writing a review. If you have an extra 30 to 60 seconds, it really does help grow the show. It tells all of the podcast gods and goddesses that people should listen to this show. And so it really helps. I just really, really appreciate your support in that. Okay, so today on the show, I have a former client of mine, and she is frustrated with herself because she has recently re-engaged with an ex of hers. And this is something that she has found herself in a pattern around. Um, This is not the first time that she's quote unquote lapsed into you know, talking with this person. And she knows it's not good for her. She knows she wants to move on completely. However, here we are. So that's really what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. I know this happens with you all a lot because I have a lot of these kinds of conversations. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about my overall viewpoint on this. And I'm going to talk about this with food. And I actually do this in the episode a little bit, but I just want to spend a little bit more time on it here. And you're like, food, what are you talking about? I thought we're talking about exes and how to not reach out to them. So I think though, my relationship with food is a really, really good metaphor. So I've talked a lot about on the podcast before how I've had, you know, I didn't have an eating disorder, but I would definitely say I had disordered eating, right? Food had a lot of power over me. I went back and forth between 
counting calories or doing all these little stupid tricks that I learned like in 17 or Cosmo or whatever magazine that I was reading when I was a teenager on how to trick my brain into eating less or whatever. And so one of the things that I would often not just read, but also write down and take notes on was how to curb cravings. I had really, really bad cravings. It just tortured me. I can remember there just being times in my life where I would just be sitting on the couch watching TV or whatever. And it was just like the cookies were literally calling my name out saying, Veronica, Veronica, come eat me. You know, you want me. And I mean, I'm saying this a little bit in jest, but it really was torturous. And so then I would, sure enough, at some point, you know, give in to the craving and I would have the cookies or whatever. Usually it was actually ice cream, whatever the thing that I was craving. And then I would feel terrible. I would feel terrible about myself. I would feel fat. I would feel unhealthy. I would feel gross. And I would also just feel a lot of shame and judgment. Like, like I, I did this, like I can't even stop myself from eating some stupid cookies. And so I would, I remember just like writing down notes in my little journal on how I can curb cravings. And, you know, some of the things were like, if you're craving something crunchy, eat carrot sticks, you know, instead of potato chips. And what was another one? Like if you're craving something sweet, have applesauce or an apple rather than ice cream or whatever. And for everyone who's ever had any kind of cravings or who's had an unhealthy relationship with cravings, I mean, I say that and it's just like, it's friggin' malarkey. I mean, come on, if I'm craving ice cream, applesauce, like, come on, <laughs> that is not going to to cut it. So I'm telling you this all because in those moments when I had these really horrible cravings, there's really not a lot to do other than to give in to the craving. Willpower will not work. And it might work for a little bit. It might work for 30 minutes, a few days, a few weeks, but at some point, there'll just be something so insurmountable, usually emotional or emotion related, where you just have to give in so that you can feel whatever the thing is or get the thing, whatever it is that you're actually wanting through the craving or whatever. So I think the same is true when it comes to your ex. And I and I say this phrase a lot with, with M today, who's on the show. Once the train is already in motion, it's very, very hard, if not impossible to stop it. So I've worked with a lot of clients around this, around unhooking themselves from a relationship that they can't unhook themselves from, or they, at least they believe or feel like they can't unhook themselves from. And I tend to take a gentler approach, I, again, because I don't think willpower or just cutting yourself off cold turkey works. I mean, sometimes there might be a time and place for cutting yourself off and going cold turkey. Uh, but for the most part, I like to take a gradual approach because I wasn't just craving food for the sake of craving food. And you're not wanting to reach out to your ex just because, you know, you feel like reaching out to your ex. I mean, I know it might feel like that, but there's really some underlying things going on that are creating the emotional conditions for you wanting to reach out to your ex. Just like how there are some underlying things going on that created the emotional conditions for me craving a certain kind of food or binging on a certain kind of food or wanting to eat a certain kind of food, etc. So again, once that train's already in motion, you kind of just have to let the train crash or do its thing, right? That the work and the goal is to do the work between those cravings, between those times of reaching out to your ex so that you're putting yourself in less and less and less situations where you need to reach out to that person or or where you want to reach out to that person. So that's what I'm getting at with my coaching conversation with M. I think you're really going to love it. 
So if you're really hard on yourself, if you're beating yourself up over reaching out to this person for the first time or the millionth time or something in between, I hope that this episode will give you one, just some permission to be kind to yourself because you're doing the best you can and there's a real emotional need underneath your actions. And if you take some time to address the feeling that is underneath the action of reaching out to this person or, by the way, eating the food or whatever it is, I think that would be your best bet to reaching the ultimate goal, which is to release this person from from your life. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with M. Hi, M. Welcome to the show. How can I help today? Hey, Veronica. Thanks so much. I have been thinking about whether or not I should keep a person in my life. I don't know if it's healthy for me. Okay. Okay. Are you comfortable telling me what person this is? Is this someone you're dating, a family member, a friend, someone else? It's someone that I dated for almost four years ago. Okay. And we dated for a little while and it went really sour, really fast. Mm -hmm. Um, He ghosted me after we had slept together for the first time months later, he apologized for it and, um, and said that he had feelings for me, but he, he couldn't give me what I wanted or what I needed. Mm -hmm. So I have tried to block him out of my life, like literally uh, my phone, social media, all the things, but somehow we just end up getting reconnected. And I don't, usually reach out. He does somehow, but I have found myself that the last few times that I have been and that I've had a disaster in the, in the dating situation, I do find myself reaching out to him for validation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously lots to unpack here, but what is like, you obviously asked me this question. I assume you've been thinking about it, feeling into it for a while. What does your gut say? My gut says no. And I'm very, I'm very, when I say no to him, I say no to him, mm-hmm. but then a year will go by. And, you know, again, I've had like some sort of dating situation where I'm just feeling really just not great. Mm-hmm. And somehow, you know, I can always reach out to him and he, te- he texts me back within 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So your gut saying no, what part of you is saying yes? Is that part that needs validation? Yes. Okay. Tell me about that part. Who is she? How old is she? What are her fears? What are her beliefs? All that kind of stuff. I can't really pinpoint how old I am, Okay. Uh, but what I, I know, see, this is what really frustrates me because I know it's all textbook. Like I know this is a textbook situation for me. Mm-hmm. You know, logically I can tell you all the things, but, and then I, and then I have all the shame and guilt and judgment because I reached out, you know, and then I just try to like numb myself down again and just, it's just, um, but anyway, to, to answer your question about the validation part is obviously the scarcity part, the, you know, the part of me that says, wow, you know, I have this connection with this person that is undeniable and it has been going on for so long and still I just can't get there with this person or with anyone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Okay. So a couple things. One is I think this person is probably like, you guys are certainly soulmates, not like in the, you know, Disney (laughs) version kind, but like in the soulmates in that, like your souls have some divine appointments, maybe multiple appointments because you're clearly bumping up against each other. And so, or against each other's wounds specifically. So the more you can pinpoint like what part of you and not necessarily like the part of you that has the scarcity, because remember scarcity is something that's learned. I mean, it comes from a lot of places, not just from our parents or our upbringing. I mean, that's just really the world that we live in, but the more you can get clear on what are the specific beliefs, like what are you afraid of not happening? Or what are you afraid of making something mean if something doesn't happen or if something does happen, whatever it is, the clearer you can get on that or get clear on that, then the the easier it will be to heal whatever the wound is that's getting bumped up against with him. So we can talk about that, but I also just want to pause because you said something earlier that is really important to point out. So you talked about how you feel like the shame and the guilt, and then you just numb yourself. And then lo and behold, he, he comes around again one way or another, right? So the shame and the guilt, I mean, think about like, if I was making you feel guilty or if I was making you feel shame for your choices, you would feel like shit. Right. And you wouldn't really want to talk to me. You wouldn't want to share. You wouldn't want to be my client. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. Right. Right. And so you would numb yourself out. You would shut down. You wouldn't feel safe. You wouldn't trust and all that kind of stuff. That's not a healing environment. You can't heal in that kind of space. And it feels obvious to think of it in that way if it was like me doing that to you. But it's no different when you do that to yourself. And so you're making yourself uh, play into your worst fears and the things that you believe about yourself that aren't necessarily true or kind or whatever. And so you make yourself feel like crap, and that's leaving you more susceptible to getting re-entwined, intertwined, re, re-intertwined, whatever, whatever the word is <laughs> with him. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, if I weren't telling you the honest truth, I would tell you that I try to forgive myself. You know, I do all the things mm-hmm. and yeah, I do do those things, but there is just that component of just feeling like you fucked up again. Mm-hmm. You know, who's, whose voice is that? Whose voice is that? Probably my parents. Like, there you go. You did it again. You're in trouble again. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's work with that. Go ahead and close your eyes. Okay. So your parents' voice, like, there you go. You did it again. How old do you feel? Mm, A teenager, maybe 15, 16. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's stay with her. let's, Let's go back to the inner child. What does she need or what is she feeling? Honestly, despair. Just, um, just can't get it right. Definitely not feeling loved. That's for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just, I just feel like giving up. Yeah. Just, just extremely frustrated. I don't have a voice. I don't have, I feel extremely invalidated. 
there's no opportunity. Whatever I say doesn't make sense. I, my parents would always say that whatever I said is, doesn't make any sense. It's shit. Yeah. It's that I guess is, yeah, it's what I'm feeling. Okay. Okay. Where do you feel that? Like, can you feel that frustration, that invalidation, that pain? Can you feel that somewhere in your body? Yeah, I feel it in my chest, but in my throat as well. Okay. Okay. So your chest and throat. And what does it feel like? Can you describe the sensations? It feels tight. It feels like I want to cry, but I can't because I'll just be weak. You know, I, I just, I, if I don't make sense now, if, and if I cry, if I let the feelings come through, then I really won't make any sense. Mm, okay. Okay. And how intense do you feel on a scale of one to 10, 10 being most intense? A seven. Okay. All right. So go ahead and just stay with the sensation, stay with the feeling. And we're not trying to make it go away. We're not trying to make it wrong or bad. I just want you to imagine that you're just simply holding space for the feelings to just do their thing, to ride the course. It's like, it's almost like you're, um, it's kind of like being the observer, but there's a little bit more compassion. It's not as objective of that. You're just noticing what you're feeling. It's like, okay, I can feel that. I see that. All right. I'm going to let it do its thing. Good. And where would you rate that sensation now on a scale of one to 10? So it's um, like a six. Okay. Okay. And so what I want you to do now is I want you to imagine your adult self coming into your teen teens room, in her teens room and just mm-hmm. sitting down on the bed next to her and just being the adult, holding that space for her, allowing her to feel whatever she's feeling. How does your inner teen, how does she feel about this? Does she feel comforted by your present? Is she kind of ignoring you? Does she feel weird? What does she feel? Weird. Okay. What feels weird? It feels weird that someone's actually there in her room for her. Mm-hmm. It feels like she wants to trust, but is also afraid of the backlash. Backlash from who? Uh, from the adult. Okay. Maybe her emotions won't be accepted. Okay. Okay. So let's, and not, not saying you're doing this, but let's just take all pressure off your inner teen to trust. And so you stepping into your inner teen self, there's no pressure to trust anyone, including the adult version of you. Okay. There's no need to do anything or pressure to do anything. All you have to do is just sit and be with yourself, which I know is not easy. That's the only thing. None of of it is good or bad, right or wrong. No one's grading you. All right. So when you're ready, go ahead and open your eyes for me. We're going to do one more thing, but I just want to take a pause. Because I know it's hard to sit with your inner teen self. So I noticed there was some resistance. 
what feels uncomfortable about sitting with her? I don't think it was ever done before. Yeah. 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 There was no compassion or any sort of listening to teenage part of me. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll take time. I I do encourage you to continue connecting with her because I do think this is actually part of, I know we kind of veered off into like inner teen self, but I think that this is actually part of what keeps you stuck in that cycle because you're beating yourself up. Like you're saying all these mean things to yourself, but those were, I mean, you learned that language from somewhere. And so you're still hooked in to this belief that you picked up from your parents that, you know, you know, who are you? You're just messed up or you can't do anything right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so the more that you can just sit with your inner teen self, no expectations of anything getting resolved or healed or whatever, but you're just sitting with her. That's how you build the trust. I mean, think of it like, I don't know, like I can't speak from experience only from, you know, stories and movies and whatever, but think of like a kid who, I don't know their parents aren't around. And so there's another adult that comes into the situation. It takes time for them to like, well, are you just going to leave me like the other adults in my life who left me? It takes time Mm -hmm. and consistency for that child to be, okay, yeah, I can, I can relax a little bit. I can take my guard down. I can trust. I can feel all these feelings. I can actually rely on this person. It doesn't just happen with this new adult showing up in that kid's life one time. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so I think the same thing is true when we're working with the different versions of ourselves, especially the different versions of our inner child. It's just this younger versions of ourselves who didn't have an adult presence, who didn't have that adult sense of safety, like that rock. And it's not fair to you or your inner child or your inner teen or whoever to think that one inner child work session, I know you did more than one inner child work session in our (laughs) time together, but it takes time and consistency and also potentially working with different parts of ourselves in order for that part to be like, okay, I'm, I'm not messed up. These are adults misbehaving in my life and I can feel whatever I feel. And just because I make a mistake or do something wrong, doesn't make me a total fuck up, but it takes time Mm -hmm. to get there. And I think because you're not really able ever to get there when it comes to like integrating it. You just go to your default mode, which is something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. And then Mm -hmm. you go to the default mode of something's wrong with me. And so then you look to be validated because you're a human and we all want to be validated. And you know that you can get that from this X. And those are the ways in which he's your soulmate in terms of the soul healing. And so you can look at it any number of ways, right? Like there's the facts on the ground and there's what we make the facts on the ground mean. So the facts on the ground might be that you reached out to him or he reached out to you and he responded, right? That might be true because we can prove that by text, right? Like think about what we can actually prove in a court of law, right? Well, what can we submit as evidence? What we cannot submit as evidence is that you're a fuck up or you're weak or you have no self-control. That's just what you're making the facts mean, right? That's one way Mm -hmm. to interpret it. Or you could interpret it as, okay, cool. This is coming up again. There must be something about me not feeling validated, me not feeling seen. 
So there's another layer for me to go. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same facts. You're just making it mean something else. And one of those stories is going to make you feel like shit. And something else might, and the other story might make you feel, hmm, okay, a little curious. And the problem with the stories that we tell ourselves is that we make them just as true as the facts on, gr- on the ground. Yeah. You know I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. So what are you picking up? What's, what's resonating? Yeah. What you're saying about the facts, because I definitely beat myself up about it, about reaching out or answering back or what have you. It's yeah. It makes me feel after the fact, it makes me feel like I fucked up again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to believe that once an action is in motion, it's very, very difficult to stop it. And so mm-hmm. I'll use food as an example, because I dealt with lots of trying relationships with food. We'll just put it that way. Once the craving was in motion, no amount of willpower is going to stop it. You know, like all those stupid magazines say, oh, if you want something crunchy, like chips, eat carrot sticks. And I'm like, fuck off. You know, like, I mean, like that's just not going to solve the problem. Right. And so I think the same thing is true when we want to reach out to exes or do whatever the thing is, that's quote unquote bad for us. Right. Once the train is in motion, it's very, very difficult. It would take an enormous amount of willpower to stop it. And maybe the willpower would work for a few hours, a couple of days. If you're lucky, a few weeks, if you're lucky, maybe then the feeling of the urge will pass, but more often than not, willpower is not going to stop once something's in motion. And so what you have to do instead, I find is approach what you're going to do or what's already happening from a different way with more compassion. So it can turn into a catalyst to heal rather than a catalyst to beat yourself up so that when you use it as a catalyst to heal or a catalyst to get curious and say, okay, what's coming up for me or where do I need to go layer deeper or whatever? Ideally, you can learn a little bit from that. You can heal a little bit from that. You can grow a little bit from that so that the instances in which he may come back into your life are fewer and further between because you're solving the root of the issue rather than trying to solve the symptoms of the like you guys going connecting back or you reaching out or responding like that's a symptom. That's not the root of the issue. A hundred percent. Yeah. And this, this is one of the reasons why what I, my pattern usually is I beat myself up about it. Then I tell him we can't talk anymore. I'm blocking you. And you know, this, it's just ridiculous, you know, and it's like, I, I realize that it's a symptom and you know, this time I didn't say that. I'm just, I'm thinking I need to get to the root of it. I'm not going to, it's not up to him. It's up to me, you know? Right. 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 So, I mean, the root of it, I mean, we, we haven't really gotten into that much too, too much today. I don't know if we'll have time, but I think you probably already have an idea. We've done a lot of inner child work together, but I think what we really focused on is how you approach it because it's so important. It's almost as important as what the root of the issue is. And I think the way you approach it is often tied into whatever the the core wound is. Cause if you're not feeling seen or not feeling validated, that's what you're ultimately looking for. And that is very much tied in with how you're approaching it, right? Like you are making yourself feel like shit basically. And mm-hmm. cause it, it brought us back to that inner teen who didn't feel seen or validated by her parents and just felt like something was wrong with her. So here's what this would look like. So let's say you are wanting to text him back or reach out or 
whatever the action is that you're like, oh, I shouldn't do this or whatever. You can sit there and fight yourself. But as we've already discussed, you're probably not going to win. It's a lose-lose situation. Or you can approach it with like, okay, this may not be a good idea, but I'm not going to be able to resist this. So I'm going to read. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Got to him and I'm going to get really curious about what it is that I really need. And I'm going to reach out to him and I'm going to allow myself to do it. I'm going to forgive myself and be super compassionate because we're always talking to ourselves, right? Yeah. Like it's not just old crazy cat ladies, whatever, which it's whatever the stereotype, like everyone is always constantly talking to themselves. And so the more we're mindful of what we're actually saying as we're doing things in our life, then the better off, I think <laughs> most of us will be in terms of how we treat ourselves and our relationship with ourselves and our mental health and all that kind of stuff. So if you're already going to be talking to yourself, you're likely that the habit is likely beating yourself up about what you're doing. So instead, instead of letting the action have the power just say, I'm choosing this. And there might be some consequences that I don't really love, but I'm choosing mm-hmm. this because right now I need to feel validated and I'm not quite at a point in my life where I can get that validation from other sources. I'm working on it, but right now I've got to get it from him and I know I can do it or get it from him. Do you see how that's like a lighter energy and you can work with that and shift that. And you're just taking an action versus like who you actually are, which that's like, Oh, how do I change who I am or whatever versus like right. this is an action that I'm taking. It's not really the most ideal, but it's what I know right now. And I'm working on building new habits and new actions. But for right now, this is what I need. I like that. It okay. feels much better for sure. Good. Good. Any, any last thoughts or questions? No, I like that. I think that is, that is taking a pause because I know that I, I, when I am feeling impulsive, I'm trying to pause, but I don't have that sort of language or, or know how to approach the pause in that manner. You know, it's more like, what are you doing? You know, better, you're going to feel like crap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, you know, that train is already moving. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's that kind of language is, is yeah, it's just not going to be super helpful. I think one thing, um, another thing you can do is I like to imagine, well, this is kind of like another layer of it, I guess, is we all have, if you imagine like we're plugged into a lot of things, so just imagine our body and we're like plugged into, we're plugged into what society says about you know, beauty or how, you know, women's bodies were plugged into things around 
you know, what we believe about relationships or how men should be in relationships or how women, like we're plugged into all of these different things. And sometimes things are helpful, right? Like some of us might be plugged into, oh man, like we should care about the climate and the earth. So I'm going to do my part and I'm going to write letters, right? So some things are just because you're plugged into something doesn't mean it's bad, right? So mm-hmm. I think one thing that you might want to explore is how plugged in are you still to your parents and what they believe or what they said to you, especially growing up. And you might want to do some cord cutting. Oh yeah. You know, so when you, when you noticed, when you do talk to yourself in those ways and you're like, wow, this sounds like my parents, then you can can cut that cord because like I said, some cords are fine. You know, we're not totally independent beings. We do live in a society and a community and relationship with people, but some of those plugs are not so helpful. And we got to, we got to cut that. And so mm-hmm. this will just be, you know, it's just something, it's something that I do. You know, if I notice myself talking to myself in a certain way, I'm like, that's what my mom would say. I just like, Oh, got to cut that cord. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that can just be a helpful, you know, real time action you can take as well. And how do you suggest cutting those cords? Is it just like a mental note or is it like a, a ritual? Yeah. So you can do a couple things. So sometimes like if I am not in the middle of like a conversation, like I'm just thinking to myself or, you know, with myself, then I'll actually just close my eyes and just imagine like a cord between myself and my mom or whoever the person is on the other end of that cord. And then just imagine like cutting it and just imagine like that energy severing and their energy is no longer mine. My energy is no longer theirs. So it's like the separation of my energy is good for me. Their energy is good for them. And then I just imagine them just, you know, kind of floating off into a little bubble back mm-hmm. into their space, into their world or whatever. I'm not hurting them. It doesn't mean I don't love them or like them. It just means that again, my energy is good for me. Their energy is good for them and energy. I know it's kind of like a woo thing, but I think of energy as a culmination of someone's actions, thoughts, and beliefs. And so when their actions, thoughts, or beliefs are getting into my space, that's when things begin to feel a little murky And of course the same is true the other way around, but that's more of their responsibility to clear their energy or their space. Um, So that's one thing I do. The other thing I do is I have a, um, a notes app. Like I I use Google keep, you can use whatever app you want on your phone and I will just whip up that app and I'm like, okay, I'll write down the thought or the belief that came up. I'm like, that's not mine. That comes from, you know, mom, or that comes from. I don't know, some other person or whatever. And so I'll just keep a running list. And then when I sit down to actually do some, you know, my meditations in the morning or my, you know, do my morning routine or whatever, then I'll open up the app on my phone, the list, and I'll just go through. So let's say I'll have like five different beliefs that came up over the course of a week or whatever that I want to just let go. I'll either um, do imagine the cord cutting thing there, or I'll just imagine myself forgiving that other person forgiving, not like in the sense of like, oh, you're kind of a shitty person, but it's okay. But it's more just, it's just another way of thinking about the cord cutting. It's like, like whatever you said or whatever your actions were, whatever your beliefs were, I'm not letting that affect me or my thoughts, my actions, my beliefs. So I'm just forgiving you and like letting you go on your way. I'm releasing it. Um, So I use the app thing uh, or like the list when I don't necessarily have the time to like, just take a few minutes to cut the cord. And that way I can just collect the things. I'll I'll forget, right? Like if I think a thought, I'm like, Oh, I need to work through that or release that. And I like, let's be honest. Like I know myself, I'll forget 
like five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. <And> so, <laughs> if I can't work through it in that moment, then I'll just write it down so that I can remind myself to come back to it when I have a little bit more time and space. Okay. So I think that could be really, again, I don't know if the right word is fun, but fruitful <laughs> exercise um, to do as, as well, especially as thoughts come up, beliefs come up that yeah, aren't your own, especially if they're from your parents. Yeah. That happens quite a bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your, what are your next steps? Well, um, you know, like you mentioned when it comes, when the, what's the word habit or when the need comes up to reach out the urge rather than the urge to reach out happens, then, you know, it can take a pause, but more of a gentle approach to the pause you know, think about, you know, what you said for now, you know, I, I, I'm feeling like I need validation. I, I need, I need to connect and I'm really trying to work through this, but at this moment, you know, I need, I feel like I need to reach out to this person and I'm aware that there may be some consequences here, but I'm doing the best I can. And you're taking ownership over it. Cause the more that the action has power over you, the harder the whole thing's going to feel that's the key, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you think about like with food, if food has power over you, it's going to be very difficult to change your habits, cravings, binging, all that stuff. I know that well, right? It's the same mm-hmm. thing with any other action or habit. The more you can, okay, yep, I'm doing this and might feel like crap afterwards, but here we are. Mm-hmm. The more you're taking, like, think like I'm choosing this, the more you take power over it, the much it's going to be much, much easier to shift those actions moving forward. Because also you're fundamentally, like through that, you're fundamentally changing your relationship with yourself. Yeah, I, that's, that's exactly what I was trying to figure out rather than externally, you know, blaming him, blaming myself for reconnecting all the time and, you know, going for the symptom. Yes. I wanted, I wanted to figure out how to get to the root of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing a, a good job. (laughs) You really are. Thank you. (laughs) If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different for the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. 
head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Em, for coming onto the show. As always, I appreciate your courage and your vulnerability. And thank you. And if you would like to come on to the show, I would love to have you. I'm going to be recording some more episodes in late June and early July. So I am opening the waitlist up right now. So head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. There's a link at the bottom of that page where you can fill out a quick Google form. And then in mid June or so, my assistant Jeff will email you about getting onto my calendar. And there are usually more people interested than spots available. So if you want to be coached by me for free, then make sure you don't delay. Again, the link is veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And by the way, even if you don't have a specific question, it's more of like, here's my situation. I don't know what to do, or I'm feeling stuck that's perfect. And the more specific you can be, the more relatable it actually is for listeners. So I don't want you to think that, oh, well, my problem or my situation, no one else has experienced this because it's probably true that no one's experienced your exact situation. However, usually when we can share specific stories of our experiences, it actually is more relatable because there's more emotion involved, there's more vulnerability involved, and other people can see themselves in you and in your story. You know, imagine if I was up here teaching just random things about how to get over an ex or how to stop reaching out to your partner, but without having the conversation that I had with M. I'm not saying it wouldn't be helpful or useful, but it'd be a lot less relatable and it would be much more difficult for it to really soak in because it's just these vague universal talking points rather than something that's very specific to M. And then you'll be able to find yourself in various aspects of her question and her story and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be the same thing for you. So again, the link to come onto my show is veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. As long as you've never been on the show before, I would love to have you. All right. So let's recap. I talked a lot in the intro and also in the actual coaching call with M about how to navigate the situation. So I'm not going to do too much of that here because a lot of it I've already gone over. However, I do like to spend some time re-emphasizing some of the points because I think that when you hear things more than once and they tend to stick a little bit better. So just to go over what doesn't work. When you are wanting to reach out to an ex and it's just like the craving is just so intense or they've already reached out to you and like, again, the craving to respond is just so intense. You know, look, if you're able to resist it and it feels easy and you're like, I don't need this, I don't want this, then great, don't reach out or don't respond. I'm not saying you have to reach out or have to respond just because 1% of you wants to. If it feels like something you don't need or want anymore and it just feels easy or natural or organic to not continue the conversation, not reach out, then great. That's a sign that this is working. This is a sign that you are growing and moving forward in your life. So that should certainly be something to celebrate. However, if the urge is just so strong and you're just like, oh, I can see myself, I can see the train crashing, but I can't stop it. Like I've said, what doesn't work is trying to stop it. Like you try to stop a moving train, right? I mean, when you're not actually the conductor, right? It's really, really freaking hard. The work is not so much to use willpower in those situations. The work is really what you do in between those moments, right? Because what happens is if you're trying to stop the train, but again, you probably won't be able to because you're human. 
When you don't, you'll end up in a situation like M where there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of judgment. And so that ends up making you feel even worse about yourself. And then guess what? You're going to look for some of those vices to help you emotionally because you're making yourself feel like crap. So it's really a downward spiral when you try to use willpower to make yourself stop taking an action because you probably won't be able to do it. Then you'll quote unquote fail at it. Then you'll feel bad. Then you'll want to do it even more because you feel bad and you're trying to make yourself feel good, right? So if something's happening, just let yourself do it and take ownership over it. Say, I am choosing to do this. I know there might be some less than desirable outcomes from this. I know this might re-entangle me with this person and I'm choosing to do it anyways, right? And I talked about this a lot with with M. I know it feels a little counterintuitive to quote unquote allow yourself to do something that's not good for you, but the difference is is that you're taking power over the action rather than the action taking power over you. And when you take power over the action, it might take a few times to really get this. Then you might actually be able to be like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to do this. I don't. I don't feel like it. Or if you do reach out or take whatever action is that you don't want to take, but you have power over it, then it might be easier to pull yourself back from taking the action. So maybe you reach out to your ex, but then when you're taking power over that action, it doesn't spiral into then meeting the person and then having sex with them and then getting really entangled. You know what I mean? I mean, it might, I'm not saying it will, but it'll probably just be easier to pull yourself back. All right. So what does work when wanting to resist some of these actions, when wanting to unhook yourself from your ex completely is being kind to yourself, forgiving yourself. You are always doing the best you can with the tools and knowledge and awareness that you have. Next time you know more, next time you'll do better. Doesn't mean you'll be perfect, but you will do better. And I also like to bring up this vision of the spiral staircase. So I didn't talk about this with M, but I think it's worth talking about here. I have talked about this on the podcast before, just not in this episode. So a lot of times when we find ourselves doing the same thing as before or in a similar relationship as before, it's it's really great ammo to beat yourself up because you're like, Ur, why am I still here? Like, what's wrong with me? I've been doing all this work and here I am again. That's one way to look at it. Or instead of imagining yourself just right back at the beginning, back at square one, so to speak, imagine that you're on a spiral staircase and it might feel like you're back where you were before, but this time you're one floor up, two floors up, three floors up. And at each new level, you have more perspective, you have more tools and more resources available to you. And so it's an opportunity to just get curious, like, huh, okay, here I am again. I'm feeling that urge to want to reach out to my ex. What is getting bumped up against? What are the events that happened before this that triggered me wanting to reach out to this person? What is this revealing to me that I need to readdress that I thought I healed? Or what are some new things that I didn't realize I needed to heal that are coming up now? Can you see how if you respond to your repeated situation in that way, rather than like, oh, here I am again, what's wrong with me? Can you hear how that's just like a lighter kind of energy? It's much easier to work with, much easier to heal and grow from, and then eventually shift your actions from, right? Like if you're, again, if you're beating yourself up over what you're doing, about to do, or did do, it's just making it a lot harder for yourself. So this goes back to what I was saying before, which is take control of the action, Don't let the action have the power. And then the last thing to do is between these moments of 
cravings between these moments of feeling the urge to reach out to your ex or again, whatever it is, that's when you really want to figure out the root. So with M, she needs to feel validated. She didn't feel validated. She always felt like she was wrong or doing something bad when she was growing up. So there's this part of her that just really wants to be validated that you're okay. You're you're doing a good job and you are worth it. You are worthy no matter what, right? That's what she really, really needs. So between these moments of reaching out to her ex, that's the specific kind of inner child work that I would encourage her to work on that won't totally mitigate any potential future situations where she wants to reach out to this ex. Because you know, again, she might have a weak moment and that's okay. She's human as we all are. But by doing this specific inner child work around this specific action that she wants to shift, that will help her to heal the root of where the action is coming from the first place. I find that a lot of times in this kind of world, we focus on trying to resolve the symptoms rather than the actual root of the issue. If you go to the doctor and you're like, my head hurts, you could just take some Tylenol or they can do some scans to see what's really going on. If there is something really going on, do you know what I mean? And it's kind of the same thing with this. And so if you want to work on the root of your issues, whatever's going on in your love life, then I would love to work with you. I'm really not the kind of coach where we focus on what I call the symptoms, right? The don't do this or do this or say this or don't say that. Because I think a lot of that stuff naturally and organically gets worked out when you figure out what the root of the issue, right? Like I could have talked with him about how she can, you know, resist reaching out to him or, you know, watch a TV show instead or go on a walk or, I don't know, go to yoga or, or something else. Like, and, and maybe that would help a couple times, right, to try to distract herself from reaching out to him or responding. Sure, again, it might have worked. However, it's not going to work in the long term. And even if it does work this one time from her reaching out, if she's not addressing the root of the issue, then it's probably just going to manifest in another way in another situation with another person, most likely, right? So if you're ready to get to the root of whatever your patterns or issues are in your love life, then I would love to work with you. You know, I'm not the kind of love coach where I'm like, text this or don't text that or say this or don't say this or whatever, because I think a lot of that stuff organically gets worked out when you get to the root of the issue. I'm not saying that there's no learning curve at all around setting you know, boundaries or communication or anything like that. Of course, there might be some basics to learn, but it really isn't that hard. And a lot of it is more intuitive than you might think. And we get all, I think, kind of whoppy jawed because we get caught up in our limiting beliefs and our core wounds. And we try to get our needs met by ways that aren't necessarily good for us. And so when we get to the root of that, we can clear a lot of that out. And then that, that leaves a very clear path to whatever actions you need to take next in your love life or the relationship that you're currently navigating. So if that sounds like something you want to do, then I would love to connect. All you have to do is go to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And there you'll see a form, fill out the form and that form will take you to then my calendar we will have an introductory call. And that's really a call where we can get to know each other so you can make the best determination as to whether or not working together is the right fit for you. So So if you're listening to this in real time, this episode is dropping in early June, I believe the first Thursday, so that's June 2nd. 
I am starting new clients in late June and early July right now. So that's my next availability. And so I'm pretty full right now with clients. So people are having to wait longer and longer before they decide to work with me. And then when we can actually start. So even if you're thinking, okay, yeah, I could maybe work with Veronica, but maybe more like midsummer, that's totally fine. But now would be the time that I would encourage you to get the ball rolling because it might take you a few weeks, if not a little bit more to actually start once you decide that you do want to work with me. So like I tell all potential clients, you know, we start with inner child work, regardless of where you are in your love life, whether you're totally single, getting over an ex, trying to figure out a current relationship, whatever it is, we're always going to start with inner child work. Because as you can see with M, that was driving a lot of her action and behavior. So we're not going to start out with the ins and outs of dating and what to say and how to say it and how to show up and what to do or what not to do or whatever. Because a lot of that stuff, you're going to be able to intuitively glean yourself once we clear out all of the muck. And by muck, I mean, limiting beliefs, other people's beliefs, societal norms, pressures, all of those things can just layer on so much so that you can't even hear your intuition. It's hard to know how you feel or hard to know what you want. All of that stuff within you is working totally fine. It's just covered by what I call the muck. Again, all of this old stuff that we pick up from our families of origin, in addition to the patriarchal society that we live in. So if you want to clear all of that once and for all, and really get to the root of your love life issues so that you can navigate dating, navigate a relationship from a place where you feel more confident and aligned and in integrity with your values and what you want, then I hope you'll consider working with me. Again, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to get the ball rolling on that. And again, it can take a little bit between the time when you want to work and when you can actually start working. So, you know, just keep that in mind as you're looking at your own calendar and schedule and timing things out. All right, my dear, I've got a brand new three-part series next week starting on the podcast all about how to navigate the early stages of dating someone new. And I'm counting the early stages of dating as everything from the first few messages on the apps to the we've been dating for a bit now, where is this going stage and everything in between. So if you struggle with anything in between those two phases, and you have a lot of fear or anxiety, or you're never really sure what to do or what to say, you're really going to love the next three episodes on the podcast. So make sure you tune in and I'll see you then. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to uplevel your love life and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. 
That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. 